You're listening to sermon audio from Gospelite Baptist Church. For more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit gospelite.org. I want you to understand that we've been in a short sermon series, a series that is designed just to celebrate the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Last week, we discussed the fact that Jesus lives, that we might have life, that he is life. That, that, that the resurrection represents the life that Jesus has given us in his sinless life. Then his, his death, the cross. We heard it sung this morning over and over again about the fact that Jesus died. And ultimately, we will conquer death. I loved Kim Moore's testimony as he expressed to us the fact that his wife experienced the victory because of the death of Jesus. When she died, she rose with him and lives forevermore in heaven. What an amazing testimony. And then next week we'll discuss our risen Lord, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We will celebrate. Come with your dancing shoes on next week. We are going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what the church is all about. We're not, we're not talking about a funeral next week. We're talking about a resurrection next week. Come ready to worship and praise. And everything the choir did today, all of the emotions we felt as they sung, we can express next week as we sing with our worship team about our resurrection. It's going to be amazing. Don't miss next Sunday. What an opportunity to invite people to church. And though you may understand as a, as a Christian, if you're here today and you're born again, you understand so much of what's being said. But can you imagine someone who comes next Sunday who's not familiar with this story, how much they can learn from our expression of our joy in faith in Jesus Christ. You know, I want to just talk to you for about 10 minutes on the cross. And I must go quickly, but I want to explain it all in one verse. And that one verse is found in 1 Peter chapter 3 in verse number 18, where it says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. In that one verse, I'd like to show you four things about the cross. Four things about the cross. Jesus died that we might conquer death. What does the cross mean? Well, first of all, in that verse, we see the substitutionary purpose of the cross. You see, that truly is what the cross, as you meditate on the cross, you must understand that Jesus died in our place. In fact, as you meditate upon that verse, you'll notice that it says that Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. The righteous. That was Jesus. The unrighteous. That is me. And the purpose of the death of Jesus Christ is substitution. You know, some say it's example, and yes, it was an example. And others might say, he died as a martyr, and that's true. Maybe that is true. He died as a martyr. But primarily, he died as a substitute. And that was the purpose of the death of Jesus. My sins deserve judgment. And Jesus became a man. And he took my sins upon his innocent self, the righteous for the unrighteous. Someone has said he was forsaken of God that we might be favored of God. He entered into the prison house that we, that he might set the prisoners free. He went down into the bottom of the pit that he might lift us up to the bosom of the Father. He endured the sinner's pain that we might enjoy 
the Savior's presence. And for a moment, he was separated from God that we might, for an eternity, be united with God. That all speaks of the substitution of the cross. You see, our sins nailed Jesus to the cross. The next time you think about the cross, instead of thinking Jesus died for me, maybe change it to Jesus died instead of me. You know, as I think of a graphic illustration, I can only think of one illustration in Scripture that really illustrates this in such a powerful way. I want to take three minutes and let you listen to a video quickly that tells us about a man named Barabbas. And as we think of Barabbas, may we think of ourselves. We are Barabbas. He died in our place. We see the story of Jesus going to the cross and everything seems to kind of be hand in hand. And then there's this one character that seems to interrupt the narrative. His name's Barabbas. We don't even know much about him except that he's a murderer, a leader of an insurrection, a rebel. And why he's even mentioned, sometimes I'm not so sure. It's like, what? Let's, this is about Jesus going to the cross. So in this moment... Pilate thinks, I hold the destinies of these two men in my hand. I know the Jews have a tradition that on a holy day, I will release one of the prisoners on death row. Pilate stands on this audacious stage who now presents Jesus, son of the living God, versus Barabbas, the thug and rebel. He says, all right, who do you want? This is blasphemy. This is, this has gone too far. There's no comparison. This is a rightful prisoner. A man who should be on death row. He's a rebel against Rome. He leads a rebellion. He murders people. He's a bad man. He's a thug and he's a crook. He deserves the chains and he deserves the crucifixion. Jesus? What has he done but heal, restore, deliver, set free? Open blind eyes, open deaf ears, heal the lame and the leper. What, what has Jesus done? Who do you want? We, we want Barabbas. Yeah. Give us Barabbas. Jesus stood there, silent for he knew the will of the Father. He said, it's fine, Father. Let him have Barabbas. For Jesus knew that the Father would have to treat Jesus like Barabbas so he could treat Barabbas like Jesus. Barabbas thought it was the people that set him free. No, 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 no. It was the love of the Heavenly Father. When I look at the story, I realize who Barabbas really is. That's me. That's you. That's us. And I thought I was reading this the other day, and I felt God speak to me. I love Barabbas. I love him. But God, he's a bad man. I love him. And I wanted him to go free. But didn't you know that 
They probably would have never acknowledged the freak it yet, but I loved her. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We are Barabbas. And as we recognize this morning that amazing truth, that cross was for me. You see, sometimes I think we think we're better than we are. I'm thinking, well, I'm not a thief, and yet I am a thief. You're looking at a thief. Many times I have stolen glory from God. You say, yeah, yeah, but I'm not a murderer. Oh, yes, you are, and so am I. You see, my sins put Jesus on the cross. I murdered Jesus. My sins did. You say, well, I'm not a prisoner. Oh, yes, I am. Prior to my salvation, I was bound by chains in prison of my sins. You see, you and I are Barabbas, but yet Jesus died in our place. He died that we might conquer death. The second thing I want you to see, and I'll go quickly, is the suffering passion of the cross. Verse 18 says this, that for Christ also suffered. We cannot comprehend the suffering of Jesus on the cross. Sin brings suffering, and unless you have a substitute, then you will suffer for your sins. But Jesus suffered as no man has ever suffered. Jesus was made to be sin for us. He did not become a sinner, but he did become sin. He suffered emotionally. He suffered physically. He suffered spiritually. And then thirdly, I want you to see the satisfying provision of the cross. You see, in that verse, it says something very important. It says that Christ also suffered, notice this, once for sins. Once. One time. It is over. It is finished. Not once upon a time. No, no. Once and for all. The righteousness of God is completely satisfied in the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 12 says it like this. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. It is finished. There's one sacrifice for sin and it is done. Paid in full. And then fourthly, I want you to see the saving power of the cross. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. Hallelujah for that. One day, because of what Christ did on the cross, we can come to a place where we are saved by the power of that cross and be brought together to live forever with our God. The cross and only the cross alone can bring us to God. This was the only way. We are reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Jesus died that you and I might be saved. And I'm so grateful for the cross. I'm so grateful for the cross. Almost 41 years ago, September the 1st, 1978, as a 13-year-old boy, I, in church, walked an aisle and I received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I said yes to Jesus on 516 3rd Street, Hot Springs, Arkansas. I came to know my Savior as, as, as Lord and King of my life. I heard a clear presentation of what Jesus did for me, the just for the unjust, 
I mean, the music, the, 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 the testimonies, the, really the, the, almost the message that Ashlyn brought and that, that I bring is all about this. It's all about Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. You know, I was driving down Grand Avenue and lately I've been so convicted about telling people about Jesus, but I find out how often I ignore the Holy Spirit's voice in my heart. I don't want to ignore that voice. Driving down Grand Avenue, I saw three people walking and I knew not because of an audible voice, but I knew because the Holy Spirit within me said, I want you to talk to those three people. I pulled over the car reluctantly. I'm going to admit, I did not want to pull over. I was in a hurry. I didn't want to pull over, but I knew God said, I want you to pull over. I pulled over and honestly, I think I wanted them to, to, to walk off, run off, or not be interested. But to my surprise, as I began to introduce myself and tell them why I had approached them, they were very open to what I had to say. In just a few moments, they all bowed their heads and accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I want you to know here this morning that as we conclude this message, you too can accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Last week on the way out, a lady walked up to me and took me by the hand in that foyer as I stood and greeted and and, and, uh, said goodbye to people as they left. She said, Preacher, could I be saved? Could I get saved right now? That can be you this morning. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, this last song we're going to sing says that He has overcome. And do you know why He has overcome? So that we can overcome. He has overcome. We will overcome. He died so we can conquer death. This morning, become an overcomer. If you've never accepted Christ, you, my friends, can overcome. You can overcome. Shall we pray? Father.